Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Seven Footers crew, what is going on? It is Gerard and Jenna here. Pretty much to break it down here because we're in the playoff push era, Gerard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Things are getting serious now. It is. Listen, we are, most teams have, I don't know, about like (laughs) 22-ish, 23 games left, so uh, give or take. So we're we're on the home stretch now, right? The last uh, six weeks of the season or so. Um, and it's go time. Actually, five weeks. Uh, it's it's go time. Um, so I'm excited to to figure out who's doing what, who's where, and where are we with this playoff picture. I'm so excited. I mean, at this point, like I know people say, like it's overused because it's wide open, but like it really is, especially kind of in is. the West, obviously. Yep, but West, yeah. we'll get to it. Let's talk about this. Where our teams stand, where your teams stand, and you know get to it playoff Mm -hmm. picture now let's talk about the east because although it is less i guess we'll say clustered Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. the west it's still a dogfight, and we got the bucks the celtics and the sixers Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i mean jenna the celtics really have been the best team in the nba all season i know they're they are tied right now with the with the bucks for the best record um in the in the nba uh, at least from a win percentage standpoint, but in terms of adjusted net rating, right? Um, the Celtics have been number one all year. They're number one in adjusted net rating, number two in adjusted offensive rating, number six in adjusted defensive rating. Um, the Bucks, while they are up there in their record, they've won 14 straight. Um, defense has been excellent. They're top three in defense, but their offense has been middling, 21st. And if they're going to win and compete for the title, that piece has to get better. Um, on the Celtics side, I mean, on the 76ers side of things, um, they are sixth in adjusted net rating, ninth in adjusted offensive rating, and eighth in adjusted defensive rating. So they're looking like a solid team, right? Top 10 in, in, in both categories. But the seeding is so important here, Jenna, because to get out of the East, you don't want to have to get through both of, of two of those top teams, right? You'd like to only have to play one to get out. And so why the seedings matter right now for Philly is Philly's third right now. So if they and they're four games back of Boston and and Milwaukee, mm-hmm. if they stay in third, that means if the seedings hold out and hold true to form, they're going to have to play both of them, the 76ers, if they want to advance to the NBA finals. And that's a gauntlet, man, to have to play Milwaukee in a seven game series and Boston in a seven game series. Again, assuming that the seeds hold out 
and those teams go where they belong. So Boston and Milwaukee looking great right now on the one-two because they know in order to get to the NBA Finals, they'll only have to play one of those teams, right? One of the other two, and it would be in the conference finals. And that is the goal, right? You, you Look, it's, it's hard to win a championship. Let's just put that out. Like everyone knows that, right? Or well, if you don't know, you should know. Don't let LeBron James and Steph Curry and people fool you into thinking, oh, you go to win championships every year. No, you don't. Shit's hard, real hard. And in a league this year where it's so open, right, in terms of contenders and who's got a good profile that could fit to win, it's challenging. And so you want to have a situation where, look, if I can avoid playing one of those teams until the conference finals and I only got to deal with one of them, I take that rather than having to go through both of them to get to the NBA finals. Because even if I beat both of them, I'm going to be wiped by the time I get to the NBA finals, right? Like it's going to be, let's say it's, let's say Philly, let's say Philly in an ID in that world goes to the NBA finals. It's probably going to be a seven game series versus both of those teams. They're going to oh. be beat down by the time they get to the NBA finals, like dragging. One of the easiest things to see when you look at these teams is that the Bucks and the Celtics are seven games. Like, you know, it, you know, it's going seven, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. And the thing with these three teams is the Sixers, obviously, are the least experienced in, <laughs> in this. And I, I, I'm I, sorry. I have to bring it up. I, yes, Joel Embiid is having an MVP caliber mm-hmm. season. But, like, what do we say? If you don't show up in the postseason, what are we doing this for? You know, Embiid is having an outstanding season. Phenomenal. Um. He's not the MVP, however. I mean, it is Nikola Jokic, again, for the third straight year. I know that's going to get people really upset, and they don't understand. It's like, guys, you have to watch basketball to understand, okay? Like, what Jokic does on the floor every night is absurd. Every advanced metric, he dwarfs every other player in advanced metrics. And for those of you who don't like advanced stats, in the regular old counting stats, points, rebounds, assists, he's awesome in those two. Averaging a triple-double, right? Unlike players in the past who average triple-doubles who, you know, may not lead winning. When Nikola Jokic scores triple-doubles, the Nuggets are 23-0 and this season. Listen, it is what it is. The objective of, of basketball is to win the game, right? That is the point. Now, if you are winning and you're also entertaining at the same time, great. But I'm not going to give someone extra points because... You like the way Embiid plays basketball better than you like the way uh, Jokic does. Now, I will say this, Jenna. If they were closer, I would give more credence to the head-to-head matchup. And in the last head-to-head matchup, Embiid did outscore and outplay Jokic and the 76ers won. So if it was closer in the advanced metrics, I would be like, all right, head-to-head matters. But it ain't close in advanced metrics. So, all right. Sorry, guys. You kill me. But it's 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 honestly it's like it's not a knock like on Embiid. It's just like oh no, like so Jenna in EPM, which is my favorite stat to use. Right, it's 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 the best all in one stat because what estimated plus minus gives you is when you are on the floor relative to your opponents and who your teammates are. How does your team perform when you are on the floor? Nikola Jokic is a plus 8.6. What that means is when he is on the floor, his team outscores the opposition by almost nine points per 100 possessions. That is crazy. Do you know who the second place person is? Damian Lillard. 
and and, and Joel Embiid. They're tied. They're at 7.1, a full point and a half behind Jokic, like per 100 possessions. That is huge. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking to myself, thank God he breaks it down in a way that like people like myself can understand. Like, you know me. I don't know the numbers. You like the the numbers. You're like, I'm not, I'm not rocking the numbers. But you know, here's the funny thing about numbers. But I follow when you explain. And I feel like people get funny about numbers and math, right? They get nervous. But I'm like, guys, we do numbers and math all the time. That's how you win the basketball game. Who scores the most points wins. That's just addition. It's you. We do math every single points per game. You take total points divided by the time the number of games they played. That's division and average. I mean, we use math all the time. I don't understand why advanced stats make people so nervous. Like it's just a better way for us to figure out. Well, what is your actual impact, right? Because as you know, Jen, as I've said before, all twenty point per game scores are not created the same, right? They're just not, right? Some guys score 20 points, but how come their team still stink? Well, we say you could fill the box score, but hey. Right? But if your team still performs well and wins, well, maybe your 20 points are a little bit different than somebody else's 20 points, right? These are the things we look at. So, but anyway, that, that top part of the East, Jenna, it's it's fascinating. And then the, the, um, the next level, right? So that Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn. I will say this about those three teams. All three of those teams play good defense and they will not be easy outs. You ain't sweeping no. any of those <laughs> any of those three teams, okay? So the East playoffs are going to be exciting, <laughs> right? Do I think Boston and Milwaukee are better than the Yes, but I don't think I'm going to have any 4-0 sweeps against those three teams. They're they're really good. No, it definitely won't be easy. I mean, we know this. Um, Tibbs has them, you know, playing lockdown really well. They yes. just beat Boston last night. So, no, there. Listen, I, I, I like in Cleveland. By the way, Jenna, they are young, right? So, you know, that may hurt them. They are second in adjusted net rating, fifth in offense. I'm sorry, eighth in offense, second in defense. That is a profile that suggests they can make a deep playoff run. Now, I think inexperience will hurt them eventually but look i mean right now if the playoffs were to start today it would be philly uh knicks versus cleveland Woo! that is a battle that is a battle you say you think that's an interesting thing you say you think that experience will hurt them and they just obviously got rid of Kevin Love to the heat and that right. was their only experience left well, of anything as well a they voice. Have, well they have Donovan Mitchell who's got Western Conference playoff experience and here's what I think. So the Knicks while they went to the playoffs uh not last year but the year before so they have some experience as a collective unit. This Cavaliers team they don't have collective playoff experience but Donovan Mitchell does. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. I think that's a fantastic matchup and one to definitely keep your eye on if the seedings hold out. And then Philly versus Brooklyn will be the 3-6 matchup. And honestly, again, yes, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. So, you know, they don't have those like, uh-oh, look out, we got trouble now. But Right, look, it's more of an Ma- even match. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, these guys, and they're going to guard, they're going to switch out, they're going to do well. Like that, that's not going to be a cakewalk series for, for Philly. Yeah, of course. Also, pending health. Got to say it. It's oh, well, for everybody, right? Right. You, you, the teams that win the championship are the most healthy, right? They have the best injury luck coming down towards the end of the season. So mm-hmm. we'll see who's who's got the most players that are that are upright. 
All right, let's move over to the West where, you know, I said it was clustered. However, the Nuggets are leading the way in the West by, you know. Yeah, there are five games. Quite a bit here. Five and a half, five and a half on Memphis, Um, yeah. Yeah, the former number one seed. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about this Nuggets team. Kind of a dark horse in the beginning of the season. Not going to lie. Just a little. Yeah. So, Jenna, remember last season I said, I like the Nuggets to get to the conference finals because I was like, well, Jokic, if Jamal Murray's back and Michael Porter Jr., that's a tough three-headed monster. Good luck stopping them. Of course, we know what happened. MPJ got hurt. Jamal Murray yeah. didn't come back, right? Jokic carried them to the playoffs, right? Again, incredible without his second and third best player. That's the other part that people love to like forget when they're making the Jokic case. It's like, who else without their number two and number three co-stars is still taking their team right to the playoffs. Like it is, it is difficult in in a, in a difficult conference. But with those guys playing well now, Murray getting back into the form, and he's a proven playoff guy. Porter Jr. getting yep. back to form. Uh, Jokic playing MVP level basketball as usual. Look, they Jenna, they are an excellent team. What I worry about for them is on the defensive side of the ball. Though mm-hmm. lately they have gotten better defensively. They're all the way up to fifteenth, and I think in the last like month and a half. They've been playing top 10 defense because they were in the 20s to start the year. So yeah, I love it. And their offense, of course, when you have Nikola Jokic out there, I mean, it's going to be brilliant. Um, so I, I like the Nuggets a lot. Yeah. Speaking of Jokic really quick, um, after the All-Star game, he had an interesting quote that I wanted to ask you about. He said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he said, quote, we believe in the basketball system that we've built over the years. It's still working. Nothing can affect us from the outside. We're thinking about ourselves and just how we get better. What is the basketball system that they have built? What makes them so set apart at this point in the West? What is that system? It is it is the Nikola Jokic system, <laughs> right? It, it, it is their offensive system. Make us system understand. <laughs> where he is the hub of all things, right? So I'm going to use a cross-board analogy. Jenna, you know in football, you've heard commentators say this quarterback throws the receiver open, right? Like he's covered, but the way the quarterback throws the ball, he actually throws him open because he throws to a spot that he knows my guy has the speed to get there, catch the ball, and get open, right? Mm-hmm. Jokic does similar things, right? When you watch him orchestrate and he's operating at the at the elbow and he's directing traffic, it is incredible when he's telling guys where to go because it's not so much, hey, go here. I'm going to give you the pass right now. No, it's go here because in two chess moves, the pass, the ball is going to come to you. You're going to get this amazing easy shot. And that's what he does. Jokic plays the game to make it easy on his teammates and for the team to score. You know, one of the things that Greg Popovich said that when the light bulb switched for Kawhi, when he got it was when he finally understood when I design a play, it's not necessarily for you to score. It's for us to score. Right. And you've heard the the, the, the saying before, right? The Warriors play this way. We give up good shots to get great shots. Right. When the ball is moving and players are moving, that is very difficult to defend, right? The legendary coach, Kobe Brown, says we set screens for one reason. And what's that reason? To make defenders think. When there's constant screening action going on and everybody's moving around, you have to know, okay, first of all, what are our assignments on defense? Who, like, are we switching? Are we not? Am I dr- you have to know all your things. Make sure you've got communication going on because if you hesitate or you, or you guess wrong or make the wrong play, you're dog food. In these kinds of offenses like Denver, like Golden State, right, that, that require much ball movement. You know what's easy to stop, Jenna? <clears throat> Isolation ball. 
Yes, these are the best players in the world. I understand that. But if I know nobody else on your team is doing nothing, and all I have to worry about is the person in front of me and you trying to score on me one-on-one, my chances improve, right? Because nothing else is happening. I don't have to think about anything or anyone else. Just you with the ball in front of me. And so what makes Denver so good is the way Jokic, again, moves the ball around, right? And he isn't looking to call his own number. If that's the right play to do, he will. He's looking for what's the best shot for us to get the best possible outcome every time. That's the name of the game is winning, right? That is the goal. The goal is to win the game. So if this guy next to the basket is easier than me taking a 10-foot contested shot, I could give him from the eight, all the different things. And that's what the, the Nuggets do. And defensively, I think they're going to have to continue to play well. I think, you know, Bruce Brown and getting those guys in there, it's going to be important to see if they step up and they and, and they play well. I think getting Thomas Bryant is going to help them and the backup center roles because when Jokic goes off the floor, you know, they got problems, right? The offense tends to crater when he's off the floor because nobody can see the game and think the game and pass the game like he does on that team, right? But I, I, I like and I like the Reggie Jackson pickup as well. So that that's what's so great about what they're doing out West. Now, they're not perfect. Again, I said they struggle defensively. Teams are going to try to target Jokic on defense, get him out and pick and roll in space and try to spam him that way, right? How mm-hmm. do the Nuggets counter that? How do they scram him out of those situations? We'll see. Time will tell in the playoffs. Yes. Um, Grizzlies right under them. Yeah. You know, Jenna, ever since Adams went deal? down, um, the Grizzlies offense is cratered. And the reason why it's cratered is because they're not getting offensive rebounds. Um, this is not a very good half-court shooting team besides Desmond Bain. They, they don't shoot well, um, and that's a problem. And when you know, okay, John Morant's going to go downhill, let's build a wall and just stop him. We'll dare guys to hit outside shots. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to continue to step up on offense as he has been this season. Look, he's been playing great defense. The offense has been good for like, you know, six weeks and then craters for a little bit. If they're going to be the team they need to be, he's got to be that consistent option in the playoffs. He gets the ball in the post. He goes to that one dribble move, whatever it is, hook. And that three-point percentage was up around 37, 38 during the season. It's dropped down to 34 now. He's got to get it back up there, right? Like, he's got to get that number back up there. That's going to be key for this team because, again, right now they're not getting rebounds and easy putbacks for buckets because Adams is out, and this is what's hurting their offense. Defensively, they're still playing excellent. Um, But, again, I worry about this team and their ability to create offense in the half court in the postseason uh, when the games get tight, right? And when, okay, we know Jaws going to drive downhill. Somebody else, create create a shot for us off the bounce, right? Or you're going to run your system like Golden State, like Denver, to get back cuts and screens going so that players are moving so it's not as easy for the defense to load up. That is something they're going to have to continue to work on. So, yeah, that that's a concern. And then below them, you know, you got the Clippers, the Suns, the Kings, Look, shout out to the Kings, man. Kings fans, first time in 16 years going to the playoffs, man. Proud of them. Listen, shout out to Mike Brown. Uh, For real. People called him stupid when he left. uh, Listen, stupid. What are you going to do with this team? Take him to the playoffs is what he's going to do. I mean, right now, it's either him or Bernie Bicker, uh, Bernie, JB Bickerstaff for coach of the year. Um, He's done a phenomenal job. They can, I mean, Sacramento can score. Talk about, woo. Now, they can't guard really well. That's a problem. But, you know, listen, <laughs> that is what One it thing is. at a time. One, one thing one at a time, thing right? At a one time. thing at a time. And then you got Phoenix and the Clippers behind them. We'll talk about Phoenix later. But the Clippers and Dallas, you know, I, those teams, they got some kinks to figure out and some things to work on. Look, Kawhi Leonard's looked great. Um, 
but you know, they just got to play more. And you know, the, the, the Mavericks, Jason Kidd said, you know, they got some growing up to do as a team, right? Well, they got to figure some things out. You went all in to get Kyrie. Um, we'll see if that works come the postseason. I have my doubts, but you know, we'll see. And then, but beneath that, Jenna, like the Warriors are defending champs, but you know, again, to use a football analogy, uh, old football coach Bill Parcells says, you are what your record says you are. And at some point, this is not small sample size theater, right? The Warriors have played 60 plus games now. That's not a small sample size. That's almost, yeah. that's two thirds of the, two thirds plus of the season, right? And that sample size tells me they are 31 and 30. That's who they've been all year, about 500. So do I think they're going to flip some magic switch in the, in the come playoff time? And like, I don't like, can they? Cause of the Warriors, sure, but I'm not calling it likely. I don't think it happens. And because they're not going to have home court advantage, they're going to have to win every series on the road. Yeah, they've done that in the past, but that's not, those teams are not this current team right now. Not the way this current team is playing. I don't see it. No, and they've done that in the past, but like in basketball years, like this team is geriatric that you want <laughs> to go to the finals. In basketball years, <laughs> I, Steph was, was still playing like an MVP up I mean, until and, some and, injuries. And he's been out, right? And he's been and out, he's been out. So. But in basketball years, like I said, to go through all those, you know, teams, mm -hmm. you know, you get banged up. I mean, yeah, it I, out there. I, I, I do not see it. I do not see it with this team this year. Exactly. Let's stay in the West and mm -hmm. really quick talk about these Lakers. Because even though they pretty much have shit the bed the entire season, they've still <laughs> kept us entertained by some sort of move, nature, anything. So mm -hmm. we got the new look Lakers. Of course, you know, Russ gone. They shipped a couple people back. Indians or Russell's like, let me come home. And yeah, all that good stuff. So now that comeback win over the Mavericks the other night was epic great basketball there um lebron james goes down with a foot injury right at the time when they can really kind of make a playoff push at this point they have the easiest schedule in the nba for the rest of the season for what 21 games they've left yeah can they do it no okay no, you know what their <laughs> negative attitude is the reason why they're not getting far so they have 61 games that they played they got 21 left um Again, if I said Anthony about, Davis stays healthy, I, I said about the Warriors, right? You are what your record says you are. Well, the record says the Lakers are 29 and 32. They are a sub 500 team. Now, I will say this. They are only half a game behind the free falling New Orleans Pelicans for the 10th spot, which is the play in. So can the Lakers get in uh, to the play in tournament? Sure. No doubt. We're going to roll the shit out of that tournament. But everyone who's out here like, oh, don't let the Lakers get the eight seed. Denver don't want to see them. Guys, again, I'm going to go back to body of work. The Lakers, 23rd in adjusted net rating, 20th in adjusted offensive rating, 16th in adjusted defensive rating. That is definition, middle of the road basketball team. That's what they are. That's what everything says, right? You expect me to believe that in a seven-game series, they somehow are going to miraculously win Two road games in Denver, like, uh, what? A and be undefeated at home, like, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't see it. Crazier things have happened, Ron. Crazier things have happened. Look, if the Nuggets are healthy and they're playing the way they're playing right now. Yeah. LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to have to be playing like, you know, LeBron's going to play like he played 10 years ago. 
80s didn't have to play like he played in the playoffs when they won championship in 2020. Like, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I know it's fun to be like, Lakers, you don't want to see LeBron. Bah, 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 bah. Look, you, you know what LeBron's going to have to do in the postseason? Play defense for those minutes. He's going to have to guard. a little bit of that. The yeah, other. a little bit. He's going to have nice. to rotate hard a little bit, right? It was nice. He's going to have to be a, a monster. And now, he's got the, why. and now he's got a foot injury. Well, Jenna, what do I always say? What is the biggest predictor of future injury? Previous injury. <laughs> well, I mean, right? Every year since LeBron has been a Laker, he has been hurt and missed part of the season. Yes? That is a trend that's likely going to continue. Whatever. So, and AD is always hurt. So, yeah. you're not, now you want to tell me Rui Hachimura and D'Lo and... Dennis Schroeder, like, nah, <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Lakers fans. So, yeah, sure. They can get into the play-in. Like that. They yeah. can get into the play-in. Are they going to win the play-in tournament? Maybe. But if another team gets hot from three, like, you ain't winning that game. We'll see. And, again, if the Lakers make the eighth seed, do I give them any chance to beat the Denver Nuggets? I mean, you never want to say never, but I give them a less than 1% chance of beating the Denver Nuggets. Whatever. <laughs> Everything you said is completely accurate and right. Just put it, it out there, ma'am. Is what it is. It's annoying that it's correct. <laughs> right, let's move on. We don't. Yeah, I don't need this from you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about um, this guy. His the return, Kevin Durant. No, of easy money sniper. The seven foot sniper <laughs> in the West. He's going to make his debut on Wednesday as mm -hmm. the Suns face the Hornets. What a debut! They're mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what do we think about this? What What are we going to expect out of him? There was somebody I heard talking today that oh, Katie's so different now and this and that. What you've been hanging out with him, homie? What do you mean? Different? <laughs> well, here's oh, what, what I know. Mean? Here's what I know about Durant. He is the most malleable superstar in the history of the NBA. And by that, I mean the way his game works, he is plug and play into any kind of system. It doesn't yeah. matter. The Warriors read and react system. Okay. I could be the best player in that system. Uh, a heavy pick and roll uh, isolation ball system like he did in Oklahoma City. I can be the best player in that system. A heavy multi-side action pick and roll uh, read system in Phoenix. I can be the best player in that system. Right. And the reason he can is because. He is so elite at scoring the basketball, but does not need to dominate the basketball to score. All right. He doesn't need to dribble the air out of the ball and hold it. And yeah. right? it's one dribble move, pull up. I mean, you know, he is elite in the mid range, the mid range God, right? Like, I mean, it, it is, I mean, he's a th he can score from everywhere. Three, the three point line, mid range at the rim. He is a three level scorer, right? Probably the best pure scorer we've ever seen in the history of NBA basketball, right? He's just got an array of moves and abilities. And it's just going to be very easy to play with a guy like that because he's not a ball dominating, selfish kind of player where it's like, all right, I'm going to hog the ball for 10. No, no, no. He'll, someone's double cool, quick move, whatever. He'll kill back cut to the basket, whatever is needed. And again, he's an elite shooter. So this is going to open up so much for, for, for Phoenix. I think, look, it'll take some time to get used to playing with him and all that. And he'll be on a minutes restriction to, to, to come back, which is good. Just going to ask, what's the deal? Because he's got to ramp up, you know. They're they're thinking long term, right? Phoenix went all in on this deal because they're like, we want to try to win a championship this year or next year, right? So they have got to be careful about his minutes. They're gonna give him a restriction right now. So probably, I bet his minutes will probably be 
around 28 to 30 to come back. It might be under 30 to come back is what I'll think. And then they'll slowly get up to 30 and then mid thirties uh, by the end of the season. Cause they want him fresh come the postseason Cause that's when it's going to be tough. Right. As I always say in the postseason, you don't get to play Houston and Detroit and all those crap teams, right? Everybody's good. So, you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be on your, on your a game, but I think he will fit in seamlessly offensively. And I know everybody's like, they lost Mikhail and, and, and cam defensively. Like Kevin Durant's not a slouch defensively, right? He's seven feet tall and has incredible wingspan. And his length alone makes it hard to score on him, right? So he will, and he was playing great defense for Brooklyn Pop, maybe his best defensive season ever uh, before he went down with the injury. So right. I think he'll, he'll slot in well on defense, give them a secondary rim protector behind Aiton. I think they'll be, they'll, they'll be very good. I, I, I look, it'll take some time, but I think integrating him. Um, will not be as difficult uh, as integrating uh, someone else. No, 100%. And it takes pressure off of Chris Paul, you know, when they save him Mm -hmm. for the postseason when they need him, you know, come in, drop quick, like 14, Mm -hmm. and, you know, do what you got to do and lead the team. But, yeah, um, I think it's going to be seamless. You know, we're going to come see – he's going to come out and we're going to see the same old – KD, and then you know everybody's gonna get wild. Oh my God, Phoenix! Blah, 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 blah. Climb up the rankings. You know it's fine. He'll step well, on all of us on the way up. Well, there. It's, it's interesting. I, you know, look, it'll. It's not gonna be easy getting out of the West. I'm not predicting them win the title or anything, but I think it'll be interesting to see how this team functions. Imagine? I think they can do a lot of different things offensively now. Um, and again, you can do. Think about what these four on the court, right? So Paul, Aiton. Bridgers, uh, Durant, Booker, right? So you run your typical 1-5 pick and roll between Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But meanwhile, you run inside pick and roll with KD and Devin Booker. Defense is like, shit, wait, what? Right? Again, why do we set screens to make defenders think? Oh, no, wait, I got to worry about Ayton rolling to the rim. Wait, but Kevin Durant, like, it's going to cause freak out moments. You got to be sound in your defensive principles, right? So you know where you're supposed to be, who's doing what, right? And you got to pick your poison. We know defenses now love to shade teams to the mid-range, right? They want to take away the three and take away shots at the rim. Well, you have four of the best mid-range scorers and three of the best mid-range scorers in the NBA and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul all on one team. Oh, great. Flood us to the mid-range. We love it there. You know, like, we'll gladly take mid-range jumpers. I can't wait until we have the game, because it'll happen very soon probably, that Booker and KD are just hot and going off and they're <laughs> dropping like 50 pieces. And it's just like, oh my God, the both of them? Like, yes, this is exactly what's happening right now. Firepower, man. So it's a beautiful thing. Oh, you got to love it. All right. Well, speaking of another championship contender, this next team is not it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers because Damian Lillard is keeping them relevant. I don't mean to throw shade, but it's hard not to. Portland but. Stinks. Let's still give him his flowers because he dropped 71 points the other night in a win over Houston. I mean, set a franchise record, uh, 13 three-pointers. I mean, it was a work of art, to quote Chauncey Billups. So, I mean, uh, you know, flowers off to you, my friend. Dame is incredible. He's having, I mean, God, one of his best seasons ever. I mean, he's second in the league in EPM right now. Right, right behind tied tied with Embiid, right behind Jokic. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a real fight for who's All NBA first team guard. Right, I mean, Lillard's right up there. Here's my thing, though, Jenna. I mean, okay, seventy one, awesome, but the Trailblazers stink. 
And honestly, like, I'm tired of talking about Lillard and the Trailblazers. Like, I don't care. Like, the conversation about, oh, Dame, he stay. He doesn't run from the grind. (laughs) Cool. Don't run from the grind. Continue to play great basketball on a shit team that ain't ever winning anything, right? Your your one thing is you went went to a conference finals. Cool. You know, awesome. Didn't didn't do much beyond that, but congratulations. Like, to me, I don't care about, like, because – the trailblazers are an irrelevant franchise, right? They are not doing anything in the postseason this year and it is what it is. So yeah, kudos to Dame. You're going to make a billion dollars in your career. You're going to go down as one of the great players of all time, but he ain't ever winning a championship. And it's funny somehow because he didn't run from the grind. No one's going to give him crap for not winning a title. And it's just, it's really interesting how we we decide to move the goalposts for certain players, right? Certain players are allowed the luxury of not winning titles, but others aren't. It's just, it's hilarious how we do this thing in this game. It's so funny to me. So, so funny. Drawn. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Put a post-it note on that because we should just do a pod on that. Yeah, well, we'll come like, back. But it, it, so it is hilarious. <gasps> and and, and Ooh, Dame, Dame, conversation. Dame can say things like, I don't run from the grind because, bro, you went to Murray State. No one thought you'd be this in the NBA. So everything from making the NBA post is gravy on your career. So, of course, it's easy for you to say, I don't run from the grind, da, 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 whatever. But, bro, like, in a way, you're kind of running from the grind because you're not really playing any place with any real expectations because no one actually expects you to do anything, right? Because mm, you play for a franchise that isn't really serious, right? So, you know. Woo! Oh, Gerard always tells me like it is. I even felt the wind on that one. Got to keep it 100, man. Oh, my God. You literally kill me. Let's keep it 100 right now really quick as we wind down and really take a note that the Ball brothers are just really not having a good run right now. I mean, you have Lonzo Ball with this mysterious knee journey that he's on, which is so unfortunate. He's been shut down by the Bulls. And now we have uh, LaMelo Ball. That that video is tough to watch just because it's non-contact. Non-contact ankle, yeah. Fractured ankle. You know, is that the same one he sprained a couple of times. I think so. Look, this is this is a larger conversation we can have in the offseason, but yeah. non-contact injuries, those happen generally because of fatigue, right? When players are fatigued, they're not landing correctly, they're not doing different things. Again, I've said this the season is too long, too many games, right? This is what tends to happen. All right. You see these non-contact, especially soft tissue injuries. This is an ankle, not quite soft tissue, but you get my point. Like it's just at some point, we got to really think about, all right, do we want these guys to play long and healthy or do we just want to keep cranking out these 82-game seasons? But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, tough, tough break for uh, LaMelo and uh, Hornets. But, yeah. you know, they're, they're in the Victor Wimbanyama sweep six anyway, so. Very yeah. true. Yeah, and stick with us, guys, because, again, season is winding down. Playoffs are coming up. They might reach a new CBA agreement. So many yep. fun yep. things are happening, and you never know. Maybe we will actually get that shortened season. Hopefully. And as always, guys, you know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, at 7 Pod on Twitter, at 7 Podcast on Instagram, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, everybody. Peace.